Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 137 of the Australian Hiker podcast and our first episode for 2020. I must admit we originally had plans for this episode based on uh, an assumed set of weather conditions and environmental conditions Uh, and as most people would be aware we've got some fairly major bushfires occurring throughout Australia and a number of states that have impacted on a lot of our natural environment. And over the last week, I've been thinking about um, the impacts that the bushfires are having uh, and uh, what this means both in the short term and the long term from a hiking perspective. Um, And as well as that, I wanted to have a look at where the hiking industry is heading in 2020. And we've previously talked about the future of hiking, but this is taking a a more up-to-date look to see what's happening here. And that includes a number of new proposed trails that are due to open in 2020, as well as others that are forecast for opening in 2021 and 2022. So we're going to go through and have a look at those uh, and then talk about where we're taking the Australian Hiker podcast for this upcoming year. We hope you enjoy. Now, as I said in the introduction, as we record this episode, there are some fairly major bushfires that are occurring pretty much right the way around Australia. And with that, uh, we're getting loss of life and serious property damage. Uh, And while these fires individually may not be as bad as some of the, the really big fires over the last 30 to 40 years, they just seem to be so widespread. Um, I don't think I can remember a time where... um, just about every state in Australia is being, uh, with maybe the exception of the Northern Territory, is um, is being impacted by fires in such a major way. Yeah, and I think the other thing for me is that the the weather conditions, the high winds, the dryness, long term drought, and so on, um, mean that you know the the fires are actually joining up, and I think that's probably the you know the the I guess the scary part. Um, uh, certainly, certainly for me, and and uh, some of the fires that you know we're experiencing at the moment, um, you know they will be bad enough as individual fires, but when they join up and when they move fast, uh, spurred on by the conditions and by the the uh, high winds, uh, that just uh, you know uh, de- devastating and horrific, and lot people are using lots of different words, and um, yeah, it's it's. Definitely a uh, a landscape changing moment that we're experiencing at the moment. And I must admit, for me, I uh, I live fairly close to one of the central mountains in Canberra, which is Mount Ainsley, and I've been walking up over and around this mountain for for more than forty years, which probably dates me a bit. Um, but even as a fairly young child, I mean, I'm from a generation that. Even as someone fairly young, we used to wander off uh, uh, without parents and just do all sorts of things for hours on end. Come uh, back for dinner. Come back for before dinner, Before it yeah. gets dark. <laughs> and, and, I, and I've never seen this mountain as dry as it is at the moment. 
Um, there's virtually no undergrowth left. Uh, the trees uh, are struggling. Uh, they're not looking good. Uh, and I think um, you know, they're, they're, they're starting to have some concern about the outskirts of Canberra as the fires and the winds start pushing um, uh, the, the fires in, in our direction. So it's uh, while, while we in particular haven't been impacted directly, uh, we've certainly had pretty much a month of smoke uh, that have been, that's been blowing in from the other fires. Uh, and in some respects, you know, we, we've actually cancelled hikes because, you know, you go outside and it, you struggle to actually see anything. You know, and, and why, you know, it's one thing going for a walk, but why go for a walk in the bush when you can't actually see, see what's going on further than, you know, uh, short distances? Yeah, and I think there's a lot of talk about the health impacts of the smoke and, and the ash and those sorts of things that lots of people are, are experiencing. And, you know, just to pick up your point about not being impacted directly i mean we certainly have family and friends who are uh impacted who are living in those fire zones and you know we know people who have um uh haven't lost their lives but they've they've lost everything else um so you know it is it is i'm sure everyone else is in a similar position as well uh, they've got family and friends and you you know you wouldn't have to go too far to to find someone that you know um, or that you love. Now, in relation to hiking itself, so as, as we said, you know, it's, it's, it's not a good thing that we're losing lives and property, but if we, we bring this back to a, a hiking situation, which is what we're looking at, um, it is going to have impacts both short-term and long-term for what we're doing, uh, and we just wanted to have a, a bit of a look at those. So my first comment would be, where is everyone? And I must admit, I, I slash we try and do a walk on average at least once every week. Sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we might do two walks in a day. But we, we, we get close to that average over the year. And I think in the last sort of six to eight weeks, I don't think I've actually seen anybody, apart from the walks within the urban area of Canberra itself, I haven't actually seen anybody while we've been out walking. Uh, I think, um, as I said, we, we have actually cancelled walks as a result of the conditions at the time. Um, a lot of the national parks in New South Wales are closed, uh, as well as in the ACT, there's sections of parks, and when the conditions are severe, they close all the parks. So it's it's it does actually impact on getting people getting out and about uh, in, in the bush. Uh, and I think for me as well, I... Um, I keep a fairly close eye on both our own website and people coming and viewing us. I, I also look at uh, other other people within the industry, and uh, and I think people are not looking at getting outside. They're still thinking about hiking, but they're not looking at it in the short term. They're looking at what they can do when when all these these fires eventually do die down, and they will. Uh, and, but whether it's in a, a matter of a week or, or another month or so before as the weather starts to cool down. Well, I think it's a, you know it's a difficult one because you know you want to get out and you want to enjoy it, and if the conditions um, are too hot or too dry or too smoky or uh, the parks closed or God forbid there's fire, um, then you know that makes it hard to enjoy it. So in the short term, you can kind of understand um, why people are making those decisions, if that's what they're doing. Um, you know, I think, uh, 
you know, I'd agree with you to some extent that sometimes it's a bit of a surprise when we see somebody on the trail um, of, in recent times and not always has been that way. Um, but, you know, you can appreciate why they might be avoiding or making other decisions or deferring particular walks and so on. And also from us on a personal basis, we, we were supposed to go down and stay with family on the New South Wales south coast uh, and two houses immediately adjacent to where we would have been staying had been lost and that was only today. Um, but we, we had actually planned over the Christmas period doing a series of 10 hikes of varying lengths over a period of a week uh, and we just decided that, look, you know, given what was going on over the last three to four weeks, we'd keep away from that area. And I, I think it's probably been a... A good move. Um, so I've, I've I've spent a lot of time doing a lot of planning and uh, a lot of administrative stuff, which I'd been putting off for a while. Mm. Yeah, and I and I think we at one stage we thought we might be you know being being overly cautious um, and not necessarily um, I guess pitching it the way it was going to end. But you know, given given recent days. <laughs> Uh, I think I think we made a good decision, Tim. <laughs> um, and you know, the other thing is, it, it it would have been nice to spend time with family, but um, you know, when they're preparing for um, a bushfire, the prospect of a bushfire to come through, um, you know, you don't really want to have house guests. I don't think. Now, the other thing that's also going to impact the, the industry in the short term is um, certainly Christmas is one of the peak periods for retail stores to sell a lot of equipment, uh, both online stores and, and bricks and mortar stores. Uh, and I think uh, this is just purely anecdotal. I don't have any evidence on this, but um, I do, as I said, I do keep an eye on what's happening within the industry. And I, and I would expect um, that there would be a downturn in sales. Um, and again, while this is probably secondary to, as I said, to loss of life and loss of property, it does certainly impact on the industry long term. Um, people may not have as much work available for staff, uh, and uh, what you know. And, and from a positive side, I suppose, from a consumer's perspective, um, there's been a lot of sales <laughs> over the last uh, the last month. Uh, I mean, really, you know, the uh, Black Friday sales in November. Ended up being Black Black Friday week sales. Um, they had nothing to do with fires, by the way. No, they had yeah. nothing to do with fires. But uh, and then leading into Christmas, that there were sales, and then the Boxing Day sales. And I can almost guarantee you this this episode will be released on the first of January, and I would really expect there to be New Year's Eve sales being offered, if not on the first of the month, um, very shortly thereafter. Um, you know the the hiking industry, the outdoor industry is very cyclical. Um, once you've been around it for a few years, you'll start recognising patterns when these sales occur. Um, but and from that perspective, there have probably been more sales occurring. Um, and as as Jill said, they may not have had anything whatsoever to do with the fires, but between people keeping out of the bush, between the global economic um, uh, situation. Um, uh, between the low interest rates and everything else. Do you know, for the first one of 2020, this is a bit depressing, Tim. You know, I think we're only 10 minutes in. Um, the positive thing is if you're if you're interested in buying some gear, you're going to get some good deals. <laughs> that is true. Now, 
in the from a long term perspective, um, you know, these fires will eventually all go down or they'll die out, particularly once we get into the um, the cooler months and the winter time, and we will get some rain at some point. They they will eventually all, all die out. <laughs> I think it will rain some. We we've had five drops today. You know, we were promised a bit more, but it did rain. Um, so you know, at some point, the the environment's going to start recovering. And there was a, a an interesting article in the ABC today talking about. Um, one of the big issues is normally when there's fires, a lot of the animals will go to the, the wetter gullies for, to find shelter. Yeah. Uh, but the scientists say that these wetter gullies just aren't there. We've had such uh, long periods of dryness, uh, there's nowhere for the animals to shelter. Uh, and they're saying that there's a lot, particularly a lot of the threatened species will die off in some areas um, and may or may not come back again. So it's, um, you know, there will be a long-term impact, but... Uh, uh, one of the, the walks we were hoping to do over the Christmas period was a, an area, a walk on the New South Wales south coast known as the Castle. Uh, and from what I understand, there's had been a fair amount of damage going through there. So I probably will keep away from that until uh, almost this time next year, once we've had a bit of a spring weather and there's a bit of greenery coming back again. But I think at the moment, they'll be walking through a lot of burnt out bush. Uh, and this is going to be the impact on a lot of trails all up and down. Yeah. Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia and Western Australia, uh, a lot of these trails are just going to be burnt off and people aren't going to be enthused about getting back there again, at least for a year or two and once all the greenery is recovered again. Yeah, and that, that assumes that, you know, the the weather has a positive impact and there's some a bit of moisture about and, um, you know, a good growing season and so on. So, you know, I think... Um, the thing that concerns me most is the threatened species and the impact uh, um, that these conditions are going to have. Um, as Tim says, the the wet gullies are not really wet anymore and so those refuge habitats um, are hard to find and, um, you know, just watching some of the the news reports and the ferocity and speed of some of these fires, you, you know, no, nothing will survive that, you know. It's just horrible. And getting back to the, the Mount Ainsley walk, which I've been doing for, you know, 40-odd years, uh, I would expect to see kangaroos and wallabies uh, on a fairly regular basis. Uh, not so. I haven't seen a kangaroo up on the, on this area for, uh, uh, for at least a couple of months now. They've all shifted down into the suburbs. Uh, and uh, basing on people's front lawns and school ovals looking for food. Yeah, not that people are watering lawns anymore, though. You know, that that's um, something else. Um, you know, I think we also have to, if we're talking about long-term uh, impacts, we have to think in the long term. You know, Australia's been around a long time, and so there will be recovery. Um, it will take a while, and it may not be the same. Um, and I think... You know that's 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 both a bit of a tragedy, but also a little bit of an opportunity to, when the time comes again, explore those um, familiar places, but perhaps explore them in a different way. So, you know, let's try and be positive here, Tim, because you know <laughs> we just uh, it probably wasn't a good day to do this <laughs> podcast, <laughs> given everything that's going on. But anyway, we'll keep going. <laughs> Now, just to take this in a slightly different direction and a more positive direction, there are a number of new trails due for release or opening in 2020, uh, 21 and 22. Um, and 
it just shows the belief by the state governments how big an impact hiking as a creator of tourism uh, and of economic benefit to the local areas are having. So the big winner in this tends to be uh, New South Wales. They are The New South Wales government is spending quite a lot of money. Now, the first one is the Grampians Peak Trail in Victoria, and this is due to... Which is not New South Wales. (laughs) (laughs) Which which is not New South Wales, that's true. Uh, And this one uh, is um, uh, due to open in late 2020. Um, It's uh, the first section of it has been complete uh, and can be hiked. It's a three-day section. Uh, But the full trail will be 160 kilometres long uh, with an estimate of 13 days to complete. Uh, and they're building a series of boardwalks and raised platforms along this trail. So this will become uh, a, a premium long-distance hiking trail uh, in that part of the world, in Victoria. And, and uh, do, do you have any idea of the cost that might be imposed um, for some of these new trails? Is that, is that a trend that we're going to see continue? I think, uh, I must admit, the, 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 certainly with a number of these trials, in fact, probably with all the trials I've looked at tonight, there hasn't been any discussion of cost, um, but I would expect there to be a cost somewhere along the line. Uh, and I'll talk about that when I talk about Kosciuszko in a, in a couple of minutes. Um, so uh, the Grampians Trail really will be a, you know, looking at, looking at the write-up on it, um, as I said, it's, it's due for opening in late 2020. Uh, so I think this really will be a premium trial. And there is an online booking system for it. Now, partly this is due to uh, keep a, a limit on the number of people uh, hitting campsites at a certain date. Um, uh, but I would expect there to probably be a cost associated with it. And it might be just park entry, entry fee. I don't know. Um, but that remains to be seen. The next one, which I was looking at, which quite closely, which is in uh, my local area, which is the Maramarang South Coast Walk, and this walk uh, uh, it was going to be a forty-six kilometre walk from Batemans Bay to Borley Point, uh, and it was designed to link up uh, a number of existing trails uh, and to upgrade those trails, just to make it a, a a trail that you can do sections of or do all the way through. Again, this one was due for opening in late two thousand and twenty. But given that much of that area has actually been burnt, I don't know what that means for this trail. And I think um, uh, you may find that the Park Service uh, slow the development of this trail down just to go through and uh, pay for all the infrastructure and the damage that's been done along this particular area of coast. So it will be interesting to see what happens with that one. Yeah, there's a big um, rehabilitation um exercise that needs to go on isn't it it's just not not just the investment but the time needed to um you know restore or replace the facilities that were there in the first place yeah and that and that'll include you know replacing stairs replacing boardwalks that are already existing um there'll be a a number of toilet blocks blocks. you know those kinds of things Yeah. yeah large large trees will have fallen over and they'll need to be taken uh, taken out. And this is additional expense which the government's going to have to bear uh, and it may be, that, as I said, that they delay the development of some of these trails. Uh, that's pretty much the, the, the 2020 uh, walk releases. Now we shift on to 2021. There's a proposal for a new trail in Tasmania, which is currently known as the Philosopher's Tale, 
Uh, and again, of course it is. It is, yeah. They, and they said that the branding and the name may well change by the time it opens, but at the moment, that's what, if you look up the Philosopher's Tale in Tasmania, this is what you'll find. Uh, and as I said, this is due for opening in 2021. It's on the west coast of Tasmania in the Tyndall Ranges. Um, it's designed to be a three day, 44 kilometre walk. Um, and um, I haven't got the exact location on that at the moment. Uh, but it's, uh, again, it, it's putting, uh, you know, Tasmania tend to lead the way as far as development of new trails, uh, and, you know, the idea being that there'll be uh, huts uh, or, or shelters and boardwalks and, and tent platforms where needed, uh, and this will open up that area of the coastline. And it, and it is being seen as a, a big tourist development and a way of uh, improving the local economies. Now the next one, next one is the new trails due for release in two thousand and twenty-two, and that's the uh, Snowy's iconic walk, um, and it's a, proposed to be a forty-four kilometre walk from Threadbow to Lake Krakenback, uh, and again they'll go through and put a series of boardwalks um, uh, and basic infrastructure. Given the alpine um, environment, it's reasonably fragile. They don't tend to put toilet blocks in the middle of anywhere, in, in the middle of uh, nowhere. Um, it'll be more about protecting the environment and encouraging people to, to move in a specific area uh, without destroying the, the, uh, the actual fragile uh, alpine ecosystem. Um, there are some very good walks within the Alpine area and Kosciuszko and the other Alpine parks. Um, and this is an area uh, that it's probably not really a wintertime hike. It's really going to be a summertime walk when, you know, when the snow season's a bit on the slow side uh, to, to encourage people up into the Australian Alps. Now, cost-wise, there probably won't be a cost for, for doing this walk. However, there is a cost of entering the Kosciuszko National Park. Uh, and, and, and Kosciuszko National Parks is probably one of the dearer parks to enter in Australia. Um, I just rene renewed my two-year uh, all-parks pass, uh, which includes Kosciuszko, uh, and that's around about $370 for two years. Um, it's a fair amount of money. Uh, that's for a vehicle. That's for a vehicle, and, yeah, there might be three or four or five people. Um, but it's um, I, I spend enough time up there to justify it as opposed to sort of spending the $25 or $22, whatever it is, to enter on a daily basis. So over a two-year period, um, I will definitely end up being up there 10 to 15 to 20 times over a two-year period. Uh, so I think it's definitely a worthwhile uh, uh, investment. The other walk uh, that is also due for opening in 2022, and this is an upgrade rather than the new walk, and that's the light-to-light -light walk. We recently reviewed the Light to Light Walk uh, in November of 2019 as a podcast and as a written article. We did that as a as a fairly full on day, day walk. walk. Yeah, we carried uh, lots of flies with us. <laughs> uh, and this is uh, designed as an upgrade, um, and it'll be a four day, thirty kilometre walk, which is pretty much what it is now, uh, from Ben Boyd Tower to Green Cape Lighthouse. But again, they'll go through and put in uh, more formal shelters uh, as well as uh, better infrastructure and boardwalks where need be. 
There was a lot of concern when this was announced that this was going to be a bit like the Overland track that was going to cost a fortune to, you know, for taking a walk that was basically free to do now and putting a charge on it. And they may still do that, I don't know. Uh, but they are saying, uh, the New South Wales Park Service are saying that, you know, you can do this as an unguided walk, you don't have to pay. But I think what will happen is, a bit like the Overland track, they'll build private shelters or private uh, lodges there if people want to do the glamping-style thing and have a bottle of wine and a, and a cooked meal at the end of the day. That will be an opportunity, uh, as opposed to if you just want to do, do it as, a, as a walk and just camp as you go, uh, just with a tent and looking after yourself. So, as I said, there was a lot of worry that people were going to be charge something for uh, that they were getting for free? Or um, I think closed out. That was another concern that people raised, whether you know, whether the opportunity to do the walk would be removed from them because it would be now private. So, yeah, I think uh, I must admit, I, I, when we did this walk, we felt there was a bit lacking and needed a bit more infrastructure. It was and, a bit tired, I think. Yeah. yeah, and I think this is certainly doing it. So New South Wales, as I said, They've spending quite a lot of money on their national parks over the next few years, um, and they do have a lot of national parks and quite a large area as well to, to spend on it. Um, so it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what that walks like once it is completed in in, you know, in basically two two and a half years time. A couple of other walks uh, that were being proposed as well. The scenic rim walk, uh, the proposed new scenic rim walk is is going ahead. Uh, I don't know the release data when that, that will be uh, formally available. It is on private property, the majority of the walk. Uh, so it is a, it will be a paid walk. Um, but, you know, it'll be an, an upmarket walk with good facilities uh, in, in a very nice area on private property. So where's the scenic rim walk? This is in up in Queensland. So it's um, um, it's it's the sort of thing that um, uh, private walks, um, both uh, in Queensland and Tasmania, are going to become more and more common. Uh, you know, and people obviously see the benefit of it. Uh, there's also a walk being proposed uh, for release uh, in Central Australia, uh, close in on Uluru. Um, that hasn't yet to be. Uh, uh, started as far as I'm aware, but I could be wrong. Please don't quote me on that. Um, but again, it's it's I do love the the arid desert environment. So I think uh, uh, people are starting to realise, and the state governments are starting to realise that people like hiking, they like walking, and they like the opportunities. So it'll provide a, a range of different experiences. So there's something interesting happening here, isn't it? Because I think um, what the um, what the private investors and what the governments are um, really focused on are those multi-day, maybe even multi-week kind of um, experiences. So it's a bit more like a tourism kind of experience as opposed to someone who might just want to go out for a day walk or, you know, um, it, it's it's not that they won't benefit, it's just that I don't think that's where the investment is intended to go. Well, I think having said that, though, a lot of these walks are being designed that you, the day walkers can actually use them. So. Yeah, I can. I, yeah, I get that, but it's kind of incidental. It's not for day walkers. I think there's kind of this tourism thing that everybody's got that you know bring people to the area and and you know do do quite a uh, perhaps a, a a guided activity 
as opposed to a self-guided come in and out kind of activity. And I suppose that's, that's, that's actually not a bad thing because I think the people, the people who are willing to just wander off into the bush uh, and do a walk, whether it be on a trail or, or, or off trail, are doing that now. Um, I think getting a new type of hiker into the market uh, that wants to be looked after, wants to be pampered, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't necessarily want to sleep in a, a small tent. But I think also they probably want a better trail than the, the, the person who's willing to do the self-guided thing and to step over the trees and to, you know, just um, make their own way, if you like. Yeah, that, that is true. Okay, so that's our... Uh, walks for the next few years with the area of, and I'm sure other state governments will be looking at this. I think we mentioned earlier on uh, as in one of the, uh, the our newsletters, uh, the South Australian government's also got a proposed walk that's roughly about 60-odd kilometres. Um, I haven't heard much more about that and I couldn't find any more about it today when I was looking. Um, but but you know, these every state government is looking at how they can in, get people out in nature uh, and how they can preserve the environment uh, at the same time. So, you know, d- despite us starting off as on a really negative note, we've got a really positive um, forward-looking outlook for um, hiking and getting out into nature and the investment that um, particularly governments are making. Okay, now just to finish off this episode, one thing I just wanted to talk about was the Australian Hiker Podcast for 2020. Um, last year, 2019, we released 46 episodes. Uh, this year, we've actually scheduled 38 episodes, which was originally what we had planned to do, which was two episodes a month, uh, and then on top of that, a bonus episode each month. Um, last year, we just had so much on that we ended up doing a lot more. Uh, and in most cases for me, getting a podcast to air takes around about 10 hours. So we're going to be trying to schedule our uh, types of episodes, so trail reviews, uh, industry and hiker interviews and hiking practice, uh, trying to schedule those a bit more regularly um, and I'm in the process of uh, trying to set up a series of interviews at the moment um, and our next episode, which is due for release on the 15th of January, is due to be an industry interview uh, but I'm still finalising the topic for that one um so it'll be an interview but i'm just not quite sure who that will be with yet um i I, i'm talking to probably about five or six people for and setting up interviews at the moment so it's a matter of uh everyone's on holidays who pops out first is that right that's pretty much about it yeah Okay, so we hope you've enjoyed this take on where we think hiking is going to be heading uh, for this upcoming year. Um, Hopefully uh, uh, we will have uh, some more positive news on the bushfire front over the next few weeks. Uh, And as I said, certainly um, I'm in discussion with a number of people setting up interviews uh, and we've got some good ones scheduled for, for this upcoming year. Yeah, and even though we're experiencing something that, you know, it's a little bit uh, tragic at the moment. Um, there are places that you can go, so get get out and keep hiking. Okay, that's all for this episode. Uh, as always, you can listen to the Australian Hiker uh, podcast on www.australianhiker.com.au and through any number of podcast hosting services, including 
Podbean, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, uh, as well as many, many others. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.